Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Exert Breakthrough Lab podcast series. As usual, I'm joined by Armando. Hey, everybody. And Dr. Stephen Chung. How's everyone doing today? And, uh, yeah. I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh Uh-huh. I think uh, fall is officially upon us here in here in Ontario. Uh-huh. Uh, getting... are, you, are you getting used to the Celsius versus Fahrenheit? Have you, have you figured that out yet? No, I just I joke around with everyone in my lab that they got to convert it to uh, to freedom units for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's our rolling joke in the lab. Uh, mm-hmm. um, maybe someday I'll learn mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and I recently uh, spent uh, some time down in upstate New York with my wife on a cycling weekend. So that was a lot of fun. Met up with two other couples and Mark, Rich and I all did the drops the hops race outside Cooperstown. And that was rude reawakening to just how unfit I am and also how, uh, what it takes to be back in a racing environment. Again, the first six, seven K was really hot and heavy. And after that, I says, okay, Rich and I decided we're just going to tail off and enjoy the rest of the ride. But, Beautiful, just starting fall colors and perfect, beautiful roads, 22 degrees Celsius for Scott. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and great friends. So it was just an awesome weekend down there. So it was great to actually, that was probably my longest ride on the, on the road, certainly since my injury. So it was good to be back doing that. And definitely some nice uh, fall colors on that 70 degree ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, today's topic, we're going to be focusing on Exert's Adaptive Training Advisor. Uh, we, in a previous podcast, we talked kind of about uh, training programs, and so we're really going to put the spotlight today on that Adaptive Training Advisor and, and really the fitness planner and how to make sense of, of the data that comes out of that. And just, you know, mm-hmm. it's both available on the website, and I have on my iPhone the really handy-dandy iOS app, which pretty much has everything that uh, you need on there too. So I, I really just love the iOS app version of it too. Just be able to do all my planning, do select workouts, anything you want. I don't necessarily even need to go into the website itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where we, we were kind of aiming to kind of achieve with the iOS app is really make it, you know, standalone. In fact, there's some stuff on the iOS app you don't even get on the web. So, you know, your perspective of your the overall training program and you know base build peak and how many hours you might need to have available to kind of continue at the improvement rate so there's some aspects that are kind of interesting and unique even on the ios app so if you haven't tried it you know make sure you download it try it out um one thing i'll admit i'll well i mentioned i mean is that it we've engineered it to run on even the old devices so if, if you happen to have a like an old iphone even like a 4s you're lying around kicking around somewhere it'll actually work on that including controlling your trainer and doing all all the workouts so it's pretty it's a pretty nifty nifty design um that we've uh managed to achieve with it so um you know you, you can you can find these ios old ios uh, phones pretty cheaply too so not, not a bad thing to kind of have lying around uh, and use for your for your training and, and um, um, in for just having handy to kind of track where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. I, I speak for probably most people uh, that are using Exert when I when I say I log into my Exert and, and that that training pacer that needle is really owning my life right now and and so. Uh, one of the things that you'll be greeted with uh, when you do log in is, is going to be that training pacer and a lot of times uh, on that adaptive training advisor 
tab, it's going to tell me that I have a deficit or a surplus. So Armando, would you be able to maybe um, explain what that XSS surplus or deficit is representing and what the user should be doing with that data? So, um, you know, first thing I'll say is don't get discouraged when you're seeing a deficit. You're always going to see a deficit and it's just because you're always going to need to kind of try and maintain your your improvement rate. So if, if your improvement rate is set correctly and it's about the number of hours you have, you're generally going, going to see a deficit. And if you're not seeing it now, you'll see one tomorrow. And if you don't, you know, it's it's always it's always there. So don't get discouraged. Don't think it's a bad thing. We use the word deficit and maybe the deficit, uh, the concept of a deficit is a kind of a pejorative term, but mm -hmm. um, certainly don't look at it that way. And um, and don't panic as well when you're starting to see like really small deficits. We, we, do, we often see that people get worried that their deficit is so small that they have to get back on the bike again and do more training. But I'll just back up a little bit because what the deficit and what the pacer is meant to achieve so when we when we start to think about I'll go back a little bit when we start to think about implementing training programs training plans within the system we start to think about okay what is what makes up a good training plan like what what are you trying to achieve when you're mm -hmm. trying to train and you know the things that a coach would do and a good training plan does is it creates progressive overload so you're basically you're building on fitness and you're you're adding more and more strain as the weeks progress during your training. So so this is notion that you've got to add more than where you are now in order to continue to get improvement. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that you would design into a, a training program. And how much you want to improve is also an important factor. Because you, and that's what, you know, in behind the scenes, you know, the ramp rate and people have used this concept of a ramp rate in kind of uh, training plan design is like, how fast can you improve your, your training? So how much load can you add on? So this is concept of a, of a ramp rate. So these are sort of the traditional things. And when we looked at that, we went, yeah, that's kind of what you want to have a good design, a good, a well-designed training plan is going to have these elements in it. So we thought, well, Rather than having all this stuff predefined in training plans, could we automate this? And we sort of thought about it and thought, yeah, this is possible. What we can do is we just create a rolling window of seven days. And what we want to make sure is that over the course of those seven days, that you're going to be training enough, training more than the previous seven days. Mm -hmm. so, so that's what the improvement rate does. It says, okay, we're going to train more this week than the last week. And it's a rolling sort of seven-day yeah. process. And, and that's an interesting concept. So that's something that we actually get a good amount of questions on as well is perhaps why don't we use maybe a more standard... People might be used to like TSS per week. So why do we not kind of do it as a Sunday to Saturday total and just look at your weekly total that way versus the seven the seven day rolling average well it, because not everybody kind of looks at things from sunday to sunday and i think it's i guess it's simpler to look at that way but we didn't need we didn't feel we needed to be constrained by sunday to sunday right because you're you you may not your your training kind of um um uh, demands might not fit within those kind of borders so uh and it's better to kind of track where you are right now mm -hmm. and if, so so if you're if you've done all your training for the week on Monday, 
it doesn't mean that you're done. You know, maybe that's the way you do things. And, you know, you, you're going to continue to train. So, so relative to your previous weeks, you want to continue to, to see that improvement. So we went from, rather than Sunday to Sunday, we went with this rolling week average. And so ultimately, what the deficit is telling you is that in this rolling week, and if you're trying to improve at a certain rate, so you want to improve at aggressive two, which equates to a certain ramp rate, that at this point in that week, you're either you're going to be behind or ahead of that particular goal of that improvement. So ultimately, the, the, what the pacer is trying to do is ensure that you're getting the improvement that you're aiming to achieve over on a rolling week relative week, to the last week relative to the last week so it's so it's a really simple principle that if you if you simply close these deficits you're going to improve mm -hmm. it's there's no other simpler way of defining it i don't have to worry about am i doing do i have the right pro do i have the right uh, workouts or the the uh the right amount of training relative to kind of where I where I am, and we talked about that in the, in the last podcast, right? Where, you know, is there is the training going to be enough for me to improve? Well, this is how we deal with it. We say, where are you right now? And we're going to make you improve based upon that number. So, and that that improvement is in that deficit. So when you see the word deficit. You know, maybe we could change it and say, you know, this is an improvement. You know, this is the amount of improvement I'm going to get if I do that training. You know, so if mm -hmm. I just close that deficit, I'm going to improve. So that's ultimately what that deficit is telling you is that you want to improve. You close that deficit. You bring the pacer, like back to the training pacer. You bring the needle to the center. If you keep that needle in the center, you're going to improve at that rate that you have defined as your improvement rate. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, when we're thinking about planning workouts, especially kind of like, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do tomorrow? There actually is some helpful uh, information on the training pacer dial as well. So in addition to the needle, which is showing uh, where you are kind of right now today relative to that rolling window, we also have that small little triangle, which is uh, displayed in the, in the training pacer as well. And what the training pacer, or sorry, what the triangle is showing there is essentially if I were to look 24 hours in the future, where am I going to be? Uh, and so what you can do is you can potentially plan your, your next day's workout and see, okay, if I were to do uh, this closer 170 workout tomorrow, how will that affect where my training needs to be? And, and so it's an, just another tool to help you plan maybe a day, maybe a two uh, at, at a time. Because, you know, you, you don't necessarily need, you, you don't have to be training all the time. If you have a deficit, you can say, oh, I have a little bit of a deficit today. But I don't have time to. I don't have time for a workout today. Or I can try and squeeze one in, but it's going to be tough. What happens if I wait? Because tomorrow I'm going to have a little bit more time. What's going to happen? Well, I'm going to look at the the triangle and I'll say, oh, I'm still going to be okay. I won't be in the red, right? Mm -hmm. um, in the you know falling behind. So I go, okay, let me let me wait until tomorrow. I have a little bit more time and I'll do my workout then. So. So the, the system is adapting. It's adapting in real time to helping you, help you understand how much training you're going to need to do and you know, how do I maintain enough training so that I can, can get that continuous progressive overload and a continuous improvement. And the other point too with the, that little triangle, it also shows you the, a color and that's matched to your state of freshness or fitness or fatigue. So if, for example, you've just finished a hard, hard effort 
and right now when you either open the website and you see your status being read you might and then you'll see on the pacer that little triangle it might be red it might be yellow it might even be blue but it's telling you 24 hours from now what will be your training or fatigue status so you can also look ahead and say okay yeah i i'm at a endurance ride now because i'm yellow but tomorrow if i have rest then i'm going to be ready to punch it again because i'll be blue so so that's what the color means it also means not just where you are on the plan or whether you need training or not but what your fatigue state is going to be and Again, as Scott was saying earlier, if you start using our fitness planner that we'll talk about and start punching in, okay, next day I'm going to be working, doing this workout, you can see the triangle and it might actually be ahead of the actual full needle and it also might be a different color. That's because it's incorporating, okay, tomorrow you, you are anticipating doing this workout. The system is predicting you will be at this level of kind of in your fitness and also your fatigue afterwards yeah and so something else that i'd like to to point out with the with the training advisor as well as specifically the the training pacer is that we're not so much worried about the absolute focus the sorry the absolute surplus or deficit um, you can have plus five or i have a deficit of seven xss uh, really what we're trying to capture with the training pacer is is the needle towards the center of of the figure and and what this is going to help you do or help you avoid, I should say, is, is really those extended times off the bike where you'll see the training needles start to fall behind. And it's really going to help you address, okay, maybe I need to decrease my improvement rate. Like I don't have enough time to ride here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that it can really helpful, that, that it can be helpful for is, is really when you're starting to get that needle so far to the right that you're, you're perhaps overtraining you might be at risk for burnout, mm-hmm. uh, kind of overtraining, um, just injuries, or it might be a sign that like, if, if that's feeling easy for you, it's perhaps you can Im- increase the improvement rate. You have the time availability, you can handle the training. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of value that comes with that training pacer. And, and, and you know, and do we, we do have a lot of our, our users that will, you know, they're really motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, when they see the needle moving into the red and they're falling behind, they're like, Okay, let's get my button gear here and let's, let's, let me get on the bike because, you know, there's some falling behind. And so it's very motivational. It's, it's in, in, you know, when you're trying to achieve and you're trying to improve at a certain rate, you have to commit to time. You know, you have, you, and you have to allocate that time in your schedule. So if you don't have time now, you're like, well, and I got to find time to, to fit in my training and, and that way I can get that, I'm going to achieve the kind of improvement that I really targeted to try and achieve. So it, it can be very motivational um, and, you know, kind of driving you forward. Um, in fact, one of our uh, one of our users talked about that in, in his one of his uh, achievements on, on Facebook was just posted not too long ago on how that motivation of seeing his deficit always there got him, you know, got him to train and, and achieve uh achieve the levels that he wanted to achieve so um yeah definitely use it as a motivational kind of tool as well and of course the fitter you are the to sustain a set improvement rate the more training you have to do right so if if you're used to kind of training 14 hours a week and have a training load of 100 well 
you know, you're going to need to do more work to sustain or even improve compared to someone who is at you know, 50 training load and, and uh, just because they are less fit. So it takes uh, much easier or in terms of number of XSS to increase their, their ramp rate mm-hmm. to the same amount. So it's self-adjusting in the sense that the fitter you are, you know, the more work it will assign you and the more strain it will assign you in order to, to maintain an improvement mm-hmm. rate. Having said that, you know, there's a time and place again for improvement and not improvement. And you don't necessarily always want the same improvement rate throughout the whole year. You want to adjust it based on both your time available, uh, how you are feeling, and also on the phase of the season in terms of peak competitive season. If you're again in the midst of cyclocross season, that's not the time to be building a whole bunch of ramp rate into your into your training in terms of having greater and greater improvement rates all the time because that's adding additional strain on t- above and beyond the racing. So, whereas in the off season, in the base and in the build phase, that's the time to really, if you have the time available, to really increase your ramp rate. Yeah. There's one thing that I'll mention, and um, that you, you know, people still see the deficit and they feel the kind of urgency to kind of keep that deficit closed, but yet they they could be in a fatigue state, so they could be you know they could be red, showing very tired. Uh, and one thing they have to be careful to avoid is um, don't feel compelled to train when you're in the red, or you know. I'm going to pick the active recovery ride that has the most excess XSS. You know, that's not the thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you see active recovery really means stay off the bike, you know? And so mm-hmm. if you're going to do anything, do something really, really light, an active recovery ride isn't really meant for you to close your deficit. Don't do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Active recovery, you, the system is just going to randomly pick one for you to do, whether it's, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour, 45 minutes, what have you. So, but ultimately, you know, it means take it easy, right? It, it's active recovery isn't what you use to close your deficit. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so kind of going along with that, I think something that we could build upon uh, just by mentioning that is that really the adaptive training advisor is, is really, it, it doesn't necessarily replace a coach by any means. Um, I think it helps our users make some more informed choices and I think it uh, would follow along a lot of the general guidelines that a coach might have, but um, but it it necessarily isn't designed 100% to replace uh, to replace a coach. So some people have, have said that you know our adaptive training advisor is like a, an AI, an artificial intelligent coach, or a virtual coach, or robo coach, and you know that's that's a disservice to the coaches coaches do a lot more than just kind of look at your training load and ensure you get progressive overload and you know ensuring that you know the, you get the right focus within your training yes that's important and a good coach knows how to do that too uh, in fact you know a good coach i think today is likely going to look at exert as being something that's going to help them supplement some of the decisioning that they, they do for their athletes so they can combine and help um, and their their coaching service by using some of the inf- information that they're going to get back from the adaptive training advisor. It's not really meant to replace all the functions of a coach. And we talked about that earlier. The coaches do a lot more than just sort of look at your your training load. So 
So, so yeah, I think it's a bit of a stretch to say, that's why we call it the advisor. It's not, it's not a coach. It's just going to mm-hmm. advise you on what you need to do to get that progressive overload and to have the right periodization within your overall training program and to implement that and help you, um, you know, uh, self, um, self coach or self un- understand for yourself kind of what you need to achieve to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, once I log in and I see my surplus deficit, I see the, the, the training pacer, the next little section that I typically take a look at it is going to be the, the recommended workouts. And, and so I was hoping, Armando, that maybe you could kind of, uh, for our users, explain a little bit about how, how does the system figure out what recommended workouts uh, it should give you. So the method that this, the system is using to establish the recommended workout. So you're going to see the information on the left-hand side. So you're going to see your deficit. So what your deficit is important because we want to obviously make sure that we have enough training to close that deficit. But you're going to see recommended workout. Um, uh, and the recommended deficit for the workout is established using a couple of methods. So it's first used, we look at, so if today is, let's say, Wednesday and um, you, got, you want to do a workout today, what the system will look, look at is look historically at your Wednesdays and say, what typically do you do on a Wednesday? So if you do 100 XSS on Wednesdays, then presume that you want to do 100 XSS today. You're not going to look for a four-hour ride. So it's going to presume that what you typically do on that day of the week is what you want to do today. So that's the first presumption it makes. It may not be true, but for the most part, most people will find it true. And we can override that. We'll talk about that soon, about how to override all that. But that's mm-hmm. what the current decisioning will do. They'll say, okay, look for, let's look for something that's 100 XSS. Um, and then say, but if we're behind, right, we're falling behind, well, we need a little bit more. Because so we can't just do what we've always done on Wednesdays because we're behind, right? So we need to close that gap. So you'll see a little bit more XSS added on behind the scenes so that now we can bring, you, bring, bring the needle back to center again. Mm-hmm. So it does that behind the scenes. So it'll start to determine how much XSS do you actually need to have in this workout based upon what you typically do on Wednesdays. And so, your improvement rate. And your improvement rate. And so it looks at that. It also determines, well, what's your training status? So are you, are you very tired? Are you tired? You know, is the status tired? Is the status very tired? What is the current training status? So we know that if it's, if the training status is yellow, that we're not going to get any high intensity. So you're, you're going to avoid, it's not that you're not, it's just, it's just going to score all the high intensity intervals or in, in workouts much, much lower. So the, this method that it works, it's kind of scores all the workouts in the library. All the work includes all the ones in the standard library. Any any workouts that you have created get get in there, and any workouts that are uh, from your coach. So if you're part of a coach community and they have they have a set of uh, workouts, those will get assessed too. So every workout that you have access to in the system will get scored, and it's scored like you're saying. What's the XSS? Is that the kind of target XSS? What's the focus of the workout? What's your current training uh training status mm-hmm. and what difficulty level so if you're, if you're currently at two star training load we can't give you a five star workout you're not ready for those yet so we'll, we'll also map the difficulty level so all of the workouts in the library are assessed along all of those dimensions 
and they're scored and then they're presented to you in the order of this of the score so of all the workouts in the system the best ones that kind of fit what you're trying to achieve right now show up first and on the right hand side you'll see the the top four and then on if you hit the load more button you'll see the top 20 uh, and if you're on the ios app they show up in order and so you can scroll through actually the whole library right and you'll see all of them kind of there as well so so generally speaking you're going to want to pick from the ones near the top but you don't have to mm -hmm. right so so you can scroll through so we we're saying this earlier you know yes it's 100 exercises but i have i have three hours i want to go i want to i want a three hour workout because i my time has opened up and i i can do that today so go through and look for a workout that's going to be a little bit longer. We've got the activity, or sorry, the workout filter that can do some of that for you. You can do the workout filter too. Yeah, so you can search. Uh, again, like you say, I, the adaptive advisor is only recommending 100 XSS today, but hey, I have all day and, and kind of all day tomorrow to recover, so I want to hit 200. And well, you can go into the filter, you can search for a um a 200 xss workout or you know 150 or more as an example and it'll find all of the workouts that are greater than 150. the other thing you can do to tweak the system is with your freshness scale that's mm -hmm. on the uh, on the advisor and and if again you're at a two-star fitness typically the advisor isn't going to recommend four star four and a half five star workouts uh, but if you tell the system that you're also quite fresh and you're feeling good and and recovered and slide that scale over it will tweak it so that it favors some of the more difficult workouts mm -hmm. or those diff more difficult workouts will get scored higher in the relevance so you'll see more of them pop up too so there are different ways but again, ultimately, you have complete freedom, too. You also don't have to pick any of those workouts. You can just go and literally choose any workout that you want. Or or if you want the... It's Tuesday night and your pals are going for a hard hammer session and you, you want to go and join them, you still can, no matter what the adaptive training advisor says. And the nice thing with it is that you're going to accumulate a lot of high intensity and strain but the system will model it and then the next day it'll come out and say, okay, based on what you have done yesterday, you, know, you went kind of above and beyond the plan. These are the workouts that are recommended now based on your fatigue, based on your recovery level and based on your new fitness. So it really kind of adjusted day to day. Just to bring it back to again, well, again, the value of a coach versus a versus just relying specifically on the plan. As Armando says, there's huge values for a coach. What we really see is that this helps both, exert helps both the coach and the athlete in terms of doing a lot of the, kind of almost the grunt work of figuring out what am I gonna do today, uh, makes that easier for both parties and allows different levels of analyses, but it also frees up the coach to do a lot of what kind of the unique things they bring to the table of of being a sounding board of talking to the athlete of helping them with other aspects of training such mm -hmm. as as skills, skills. Yeah. and again it's we're in the fall it's cyclocross season cyclocross is all about skills it's not just about 
maximizing your power output and you know you can talk about that can really help them develop drills on skills whether it's it's live or in person or remotely and like all of those things discussing things and allows the coach to spend more time learning about things like nutrition about psychology about things and really bringing so much more to the table than you know oh it's monday and i have to update you know 20 athletes workouts again and and just kind of making them do that grunt work when they can be doing so much more with the athlete above and beyond just you know what's my next day's workout mm-hmm. that's so true yeah, and I think uh, I want to go back to your point that you brought up there. Some question that we get occasionally is, okay, do I just have to follow what what the adaptive training advisor is telling me, or can I can I go do the Zwift ride on on Tuesday or on Thursday? And I think, uh, as Stephen mentioned, I just want to elaborate on it is that you're not you're not obligated to strictly follow what the what the adaptive training advisor is telling you, but uh, add that fun in your, in your training. Uh, if you, if you enjoy doing those lift races, just do, do that once or twice a week. Um, and, and like Steven mentioned, the adaptive training advisor will really figure out, okay, even though you did that now let's adjust based on what you did yesterday, uh, to keep moving you closer towards your goal. Yeah. Like, um, you know, just that Saturday, I told you at the start that I went down to Cooperstown, did that race. I was pretty fatigued coming out of it. I was in the red and then in terms of fatigue state and then I come back Tuesday and I was kind of in the, in the yellow, but it was a beautiful night riding home and, and I still felt pretty good coming out of it. So, you know, I was just planning on riding home, but there's this one stretch of roads there. I'm really going to just push it and do this hard, hard single effort up and you know, I got another breakthrough when, and I reset my signature again when it isn't, wasn't recommended. That's what I did, but you can still do it and you can still follow kind of your feel. Uh, I knew in a sense, uh, I was ready for it. And even if not, it was just a beautiful night and I wanted to really test myself. So it will accommodate things like that. And, uh, you know, you don't, necessarily always want to be doing more than what the the adaptive training advisor wants but you still have that freedom to adjust day by day as you feel yeah um and something else that i think uh some of the users will get a lot of feedback uh from is some of the warnings that we have in place to kind of help keep users cognizant of some of the different issues with with training plans and and so one of those one of those warnings that we have involved is if you're essentially falling too far behind on your training, right. um, where essentially it, you, you've got now a 400, 500 plus XSS deficit, um, where exert is going to be telling you like you might need to decrease the improvement rate in order to, to be able to continue building. Um, as you can't, you can't simply do a 500 XSS workout to close that deficit. If you're always behind and you're always seeing a deficit and you're always, you know, your needle's always far to the left, that's likely an indication you just don't have the time to keep, you know, you've, you may wish you have the time, but you just don't have the time available to kind of get the level of improvement that you have set within the improvement rate. So it's, so don't feel, that's just the nature of everyone has, you know, mm-hmm. obviously we all have a limitation in terms of how many hours a week we can train. 
And so uh, if you don't have that time available, then yeah, we can reduce it. And, you know, then, you know, manage to get the kind of improvement that you have available. And, and sometimes there might, may not be any improvement. You might, maybe you've been training so much that the best you can do right now is maintain. And, you know, if you can have enough hours in the week to kind of just keep your, your fitness level, that's in an, an achievement in, in and of itself. So you don't necessarily, mm-hmm. and it's another thing, you know, people ask, you know, uh, they always want to set their improvement. They always want to be improving. Well, you can't improve forever, right? The mm-hmm. improvement rate has to be set back to maintenance or to off season or taper. You can't keep training load going up ad infinitum. You know, there's 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 times at which it's got to have to go down. So just that's another thing to remember is that when you're using the training advisory and the improvement rate, that at some point in time you need to say, okay, I have to reduce my training load. I have to let it come down. I have to let it be trained. I have to let my system really fully recover. You know, take my endocrine systems, give give them some time off. Um, and then you're able to then ramp it back up again in, in, in time for, you know, the type of event or the event that you have as part of your, as part of your plan. So that's something to keep in mind that you just can't really sustain an improvement rate indefinitely. Yeah. I know historically, if I want to stay employed by my university and, uh, (laughs) and married, um, my training load maxes out of what I can sustain at about between 90 to 95. So I know that's about what I can expect. And if I hit there, honestly, I'm already at about 14 hours a week. I'm really not able to have the time beyond that. So if I do hit that, then it's more about, you know, really shaping my fitness rather than necessarily just ramping up the overall training load. It's, it's, if I'm at that stage, then it's time to really tweak it towards the actual focus of athlete that I want to be. Yeah. um, You know, the um, one thing that, um, you know, we're talking about the the training advisor, you know, what, how do we use it? Well, you use it, you know, typically it was designed to be used, you know, what do I need to do right now? And so um, establish all of the parameters that are governing kind of my capacity to train what do i need to do this minute so just to point point of clarification here we have you know on the training advisor you'll see kind of your daily xss so what that does is we used to have it so they would show you what your actually what your actual deficit was at a given moment in time and it was always changing and people were like, wait a second, it was like this an hour ago and it's now this, you know, an hour later and it kept changing even during the day. And I think that was frustrating and I can appreciate that. So what we did is we ended up uh, showing what the deficit is on a daily basis. So when you're looking at the actual training deficit, it's what your deficit is as of midnight. So you have the day basically to close off the overall deficit for, for that day. So that's one thing to pay attention to is the deficit is your daily deficit, isn't a, a, a second by second deficit. However, when you're looking at the planner, so the planner uses the same algorithm, but it bases it on the actual time of the workout. So if you were to either click the little wheel, a little, uh, the little uh, speedometer there and have it automatically create a workout for you in the planner, or if you click on the day, so if you click on the day, you'll see 
um, the time, and it's usually the uh, the usual activity time will be used by default, but you can certainly change it. So if you change the time of the workout, all the data that shows on your screen is relative to that time. So what's your deficit right at that moment? What's your what's your predicted training status at that moment? And then and then what is the what's the target focus for your workout at that moment uh, into the future? And then what would be the recommended workout? So it's almost like taking the adaptive training advisor and say, run it at this moment in time. And that creates the, con so it uses the context of the future context to establish the same uh, priority in terms of relevancy scores for all of the workouts. And it does that for you right then and there. So that you can then go through and say, okay, on, so if I'm planning out my week and I'm saying, okay, I, I wanna know what workout I'm gonna do on Thursday and today is Wednesday, well, go to the planner, you click on Thursday, you say, I wanna, I wanna do my workout at 7 a.m., choose 7 a.m. and it'll show you exactly what the recommended workout will be on Thursday at that time. You can then plan that out and then you say, okay, I wanna do another workout on Friday. So you do the same thing and it's based upon the fact, it assumes you, you will have completed the one on, on Thursday, right? That you finished the one as is and then we'll make a recommendation based upon that. So it's assuming that you're gonna follow through on all the workouts. But, and that's kind of why we say, you really only, only wanna do it for about a week because you know most people don't follow an exact plan. You know, there's mm -hmm. always something going on in people's lives, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah, there are a lot of people that are really good at saying, okay, here's my workout, it's Tuesday, it's 8 a.m., I'm gonna do the exact workout that I have planned. And that's great, great for them that they're able to kind of, you know, meet that kind of specific plan and execute it perfectly. But the majority of people aren't just aren't able to do that. And so mm -hmm. having a plan, anything more than like a week out, doesn't really make sense because by the time you get to the third or fourth workout, right, it's basing on the, on the fact that you're going to finish these ones preceding it. So unless you do them exactly as is, then, you know, the recommendation might be a little bit different. And so, so think about that when you're planning out, you can certainly use the adaptive training advisor into the future using the planner and plan out your workouts. Um, but really, and realistically, I, I wouldn't feel like you really need to go out more than a, like a week or two, two at max, mm -hmm. because there's just no, if, if you're, you know, going back to the, the way the advisor works, it looks at what you do on, on Fridays or it looks at what you did on, on Thursday. So if Friday is your day that you work out and then you always do like an hour and a half workout on Friday, well, when you get to Friday and you click on the advisor, it's going to give you an hour and a half workout. You don't necessarily need to plan that in advance. It kind of knows that to start with. So you can rely on that when, when you're doing your training and you don't necessarily need to pre-plan in advance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found over the years of using Exert, I've just gotten away from that, oh, I need to plan way ahead mentality and just learn to trust it more and more and just, okay, like, I don't, I rarely now even plan kind of in terms of worry about what I'm doing two days in advance. I mean, yes, there are set things again in the summer. I know, okay, I'm going to be doing the Tuesday night rides or whatever, but uh, yeah, it's it's very rare now that I I actually follow through on any set plan if I was to write it down, you know, even three days in advance. Because again, right now in the fall, you know, yes, we've got all these random storms coming in. Yesterday was pouring torrential rain. Well, you know, I'm not gonna go and outdoor and do my ride. Plus, I was kind of at the last minute knew that I was gonna be helping Scott pilot some of his 
protocols in the lab. So, you know, that was a last second change. So, I mean, it threw, if I had a set plan a week ahead, it threw everything into disarray. So, you know, in that sense, there's really no point in stressing yourself by planning so far ahead and then having the stress of, oh, you know, like my plan got derailed today. Now, what do I do? Really just the system really learns what you typically do anyways and it will kind of adjust to it and you can always tweak the system you can always override the system like i was just saying earlier tuesday night i felt really frisky and good and i decided to punch it hard on on a on a particular climb on the way home so you can always do that so i've just learned to not stress about both building a big huge plan and also stressing about not following through on that plan yeah, that's a, def definitely an excellent point. Uh, something that a lot of users might be perhaps used to with kind of a, a pre-planned workout is, oh, I've got to do my, my FTP test every every four weeks or every six weeks. And, and that's actually something that we haven't directly built into the Adaptive Training Advisor, um, but we were talking about some of the, the notifications that you might get before. Uh, so despite Exert not necessarily prompting you to perform a, a let's say a 20 minute or an eight minute or a ramp test, uh, Exert will let you know when your fitness signature is stale. Uh, and, and really when you get that notification, it's suggesting that uh, there's not enough recent data for it to have a very accurate depiction of your fitness. And so what it's recommending is that you go do some sort of maximal effort and, and really it, we talked about breakthroughs uh, with with one of our podcasts, and and really at that point, it's, you can go get your breakthrough with a with a standard twenty minute test if you'd like. Uh, some people prefer to use them, but uh, feel free to do that that Zwift ride or that local Tuesday night club ride, and and just go really throw yourself at the wall to get that signature updated, um, because that's not necessarily a workout that will be uh, ever prescribed directly by the adaptive training advisor. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's because we, you're if you haven't set it to be the optimal decay method, optimal decay method. So if you go into your account settings and you're looking at your the, the signature decay method, by default everybody has it as as optimal. And what optimal really means is that on a periodic basis you're gonna ex you're you're expected to get a breakthrough ride. So and the breakthrough ride in exert if you you know if you recall it's like a test it's basically you're testing yourself uh it's just it's able to kind of determine that the test has happened through more variable data you don't have to actually physically do a ramp test you don't you need have, a protocol no you don't have to do a ramp test you don't have to do it after you know a 20 minute test you can just ride and ride to exhaustion it picks up that moment of exhaustion and then it determines what your what your changes to your signature are uh, based upon hitting that hitting that point so it um, so that's what it's asking you to do on a fairly regular basis and that could be a way every other every, every two weeks every three weeks so you're expected to kind of do these when you're hit when you're using optimal now for a, a lot of, of athletes they go through periods where they're really low intensity and intentionally don't want to do any intensity whatsoever and that you know a lot of often often happens that during the base phase of your training or even off season you'll go through a long period like a month or two even where you're just not doing any intensity at all and we have a lot of users that, that do that 
if that's the case, then you're, you're going to see stale signatures. And so either you make a point of doing a, a true test at some point, or if you're really adverse to doing any kind of intensity, then the option is to change your, your decay method. So you can go into your settings, uh, into your profile, change the decay method to no decay. And what no decay will do is, is it will basically try and predict what the changes are to your signature based upon the training that you're doing. So it'll kind of match your training with changes and it, and it would be a lot better um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do a breakthrough effort to keep your signature from decaying and from dropping over that period. So, so that's what you you know that's what you should do uh, is set it to no decay if you're going through if you're going to go through a long period where you're not going to doing not going to be doing any breakthrough efforts. I, I did that myself actually this past December and January. I, I did a, a good amount of base training uh, last winter, and my first breakthrough I think in February was within five watts of what the no decay setting had predicted. So. Uh, it, it's definitely very robust and I found it worked really well for me last year. I found the same for me last year during sabbatical. I barely touched the bike actually and uh, so I did some trainer rides but I was doing a ton of snowboarding, uh, cross-country skiing, some running and climbing and this is kind of another topic altogether about how to kind of mix different different uh, sports especially ones without power in but i have a pretty good over the years now i have a pretty good handle of roughly what strain different kind of activities put on me so i made a you know i i put in all of my efforts in there and really honestly about a quarter of my total workouts were cycling and i found two months later like scott said when i did my first real breakthrough test on the on the bike it was pretty darn close it was again within a couple of watts what the what the no decay method was predicting in in all of my fitness parameters so it it certainly uh, can be done in terms of setting the during the winter time especially the off season really just set it on optimal decay and kind of let the system guide you without really stressing about having to do a ton of breakthrough workouts that you might have to do in an optimal decay because the decay of all of your fitness signature is really much more rapid when you're on optimal decay so you really need to be doing breakthrough efforts at least every week really if not if not almost more frequently no maybe not I'll jump in. Maybe not every week. Maybe but, not every week. But. <laughs> for you, I know you just yeah. enjoy doing them. Uh, you could probably get away with maybe every three week, three or four weeks if you're on optimal. So you know you don't necessarily need to feel like you need to have a, a hard ride every week. So. I just look yeah. for excuses to do Ronestad workouts. <laughs> okay. So it's not not an exert podcast until That's, the Ronestads yeah, have been exactly. yeah. have been mentioned. Yeah. Um, well, one of, one of the other things that I wanted to bring up today, uh, we, we talked earlier about kind of how when you're really falling befo- behind on your training program, Exert is going to tell you to decrease your improvement rate. Uh, but we get a lot of questions on like, oh, I was sick for, for three, four days, or I, I, I wasn't able to train, what do I need to do? Uh, and kind of on the other side of the spectrum, we had people who... Oh, I was able to go uh, kind of on a cycling vacation for a week, and now I have all of this surplus. Now, what do I do? 
So, so that's kind of where, you know, when, when your current, um, what you've currently done in the past week is outside of the norm. So you're either on a training, training camp. So you're, you're going to get a huge amount of excess over, over that, over that week. Or let's say you fell ill and weren't able to train and, you know, you lost a week of training. Um, so, you know, you, so you've got these other gaps in your, in your week or these huge amounts of excess, excess. So what happens in that case is that the, the system will, will still kind of use that information over, over the current week. So if you're still within that week where you had a drop in your, your training or you had this huge increase in your training, you're going to feel the effects. You can see the effects of that for, for a period of time, right? So... So just recognize that it's a rolling one week. So if you've if you've gone off off your kind of typical improvement rate, either dropped it too low or increased it too high, then it's likely going to take you know another week and a half afterwards before you start to see it get back to normal again. So just recognize that you know if you've got these little anomalies in your plan uh, and you start to see these huge deficits or huge surpluses and, uh, as a result that you know that's just a temporary thing that's just because the, the the these anomalies need to work themselves out of the system so just trust it just sort of th follow what you would normally do over the next week or so and then mm -hmm. after that things will get back to normal again and you'll start to get back on track with the improvement rate that you set for yourself and also the other thing is to adjust your improvement rate too right if you've just done that big camp where you've generate a whole bunch of strain, you know, probably beforehand on exert, you want to be setting up your improvement rate to be, you know, whatever, uh, aggressive to or extreme to really recognize that it's going to be increasing this week during your camp. And then when you come back, you know, don't just leave it there on extreme and, and aggressive, but set it down to you know, maintenance or maybe even, even off season, knowing that you're going to allow your form or kind of your overall mm. overall training load to decrease or maintain over that week so you should also be adjusting the improvement load to match your expected kind of plan for for uh, the phase of training throughout whether it's whether it's a kind of a real recovery week after a training camp or you know during the camp itself yeah, that's a great point, Stephen. Thanks for that. Uh, the other thing that I want to bring up yet today uh, is perhaps maybe I don't want to follow one of the recommended workouts, but I just want to grab my bike and head outside and, and still keep me on track. So um, in, in that case, how does Exert kind of handle kind of ad hoc workouts? Or, um, well, you, you know better than me, don't you? We did a video on that. <laughs> Maybe you want to explain how that works. So, uh, yeah, so we have a video for, for this uh, on YouTube, actually, and, and taking some of the information from that adaptive training advisor. Uh, and, and like I mentioned before, it's going to give you the recommended XSS, and it's going to give you a recommended focus. Uh, and actually, for those of you that are, that are fortunate to have a Garmin with those, uh, the focus uh, and XSS data fields, you can actually use that information from the adaptive training advisor to kind of uh, freestyle workout and and something that's essentially going to help match your uh, your improvement rate and and your training requirements necessarily without uh, without following perhaps a, a strict uh, workout on the trainer. Yeah, you know, and I'll point out because we get this question a lot. So 
especially from people that are just new to exert and they log in for the first time and then they look at the workout recommendation and they see focus duration, you know, 30 minutes and they see this interval at, uh, you know, interval uh, intensity at, uh, you know, 350 watts or something. And they're saying, well, wow, okay, so I have to go 350 watts and I have to hold that for 30 minutes. That's the first thing that they see because they see the they see a power and they see a focus duration. So they assume that that's what the system is recommending. Those are the intervals that they need to hit for their for their training. So just to clarify, if you're new, obviously you're listening to this podcast, great because what that really means it's not the interval duration, it's focus duration. We're going to spend you know or there's there's going to be a podcast if we don't have it already. There will be a podcast where we get into focus duration. What that means is that using the fields like scott was describing that's the kind of that's the focus duration you want to hit on the fields uh and if you're going to sort of imagine this on an on kind of just kind of doing your own workout what that means is that the workout you're going to do is going to have that focus so if, if it's 30 minutes it means you're going to have a fairly long duration you're going to be doing fairly easier intensity all right uh to kind of achieve that longer duration if the focus duration is at one minute you're looking at hitting your one minute power. So you'll see that on that on that line. You'll see one minute, and then you'll see your one minute power uh, potentially as being your target focus. And so that's that's what you're gonna try and achieve in that workout. And you can do that using the, the um, you know, the, the Garmin uh, apps and things like that. Or as you become more familiar, what, uh, what you can do, which is really effective is if, if you've, you're doing, for example, let's say a Zwift race, and you know this Zwift race has this focus, you've done them in the past, and you Zwift races, or any kind of road races, actually really good because it really pushes you. They're, they're great high-intensity training, right? You can't ask, in many cases, can't ask for better high-intensity training than doing some of these races. So if that's what's in your plan and is part of your focus, you know, we need to do a high-intensity workout, and you say, I'm going to substitute this for some race. And you know you're going to hit those kind of same focus during the race. And by all means, that's actually a better thing for you to do in your training. Because the motivation is going to be there. You're not going to fail the workout. You're not going to, you know, abandon the workout. Because you're going to have much more motivation to kind of complete it. So that's something that not only is it, it's, it, it's actually, actually advised right you would want to kind of find situations where you're you're not doing a, a standard workout but you're doing a type of workout a type of ride that's going to give you the motivation to kind of hit your target then by all means that you should be putting that into your into, into your training yeah. absolutely uh, i know as far as for myself uh the adaptive training advisor has got some endurance uh uh, intervals planned for me this weekend. I think I've got uh, 200 XSS or so to close over the weekend. So uh, I'll be out uh, probably on the gravel bike uh, now that nice. we're getting into the fall weather and, and just trying to close my deficit that way. What about you? Well, um, uh, I'm in the, uh, I'm in, I've kind of reached my peak for the uh, season. And so now I'm going to let myself uh, uh, recover a little bit and, and let my systems, um, take a break after uh, probably looks like about a month and a half, two months now of pretty hard riding. So, so time for a break for me. <laughs> what about you, Steven? What well, I'm on of... a very, very, very long kind of a base build kind of phase after my recovery. I'm skipping cyclocross 
for the fall and really aiming for next April and the and the um, gravel season. So I have a lot of training load to build back up to. Uh, my fitness signature to really build back up. So the, my my focus really right now is just to build those back up to what are kind of quote normal levels for me at this time of the year so that I can be really ideally ready by around January, February to really get back into focused kind of training for gravel season. So right now is really just building up the training load gradually, sustainably, building up my fitness signature to back where kind of it generally is by kind of around February typically and then from there building towards gravel season. Awesome. Well, good luck with that. Uh, do you have anything else to add? I think we're good. I think that's everything. That was fun. So, yeah, we appreciate everyone for tuning in this time uh, and we'll look forward to hearing or uh, talking to you again soon. Yeah. Bye for now. Bye, everyone.